Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. What's up, everybody? We're back in the lab with the Week 19 report. Fired up. It's almost playoff time. And on that note, real quick, before we get started, I just want to talk about the fantasy finals and scheduling. Just in case, you know, it's anybody's first year playing, maybe something you didn't think about. I know some leagues do it, but I'm really against it. I always have the fantasy finals be the week before the final week of the real season. And that's for all sports. You know, teams in the real world, they rest their starters. It's very common in the final week of the season. Whether they're gearing up for the playoffs or they've just given up on the year and want to avoid any injury risks, it cripples your fantasy team in your finals if you are still trying to compete during that week. Still time to change it. I know for sure in Yahoo and ESPN leagues, it's something that you can adjust, and I'd go for it. I mean, I'm also against rule changes midseason, but this is something that, in case you didn't think about it, it's worth changing. Moving on. How about some recent action? Cheers to Albert Pujols, baby. The last 15 days, he leads the league with six biscuits, also leads the league with an 1840 OPS, next best being a 1202. Man needs just four more homers to pass A-Rod and take fourth all-time, and just eight more homers to reach 700 all-time. He says he wants to call it after this year. Not a lot of time left to get those eight, but he's only 23 away from hitting 715 homers all time to pass Babe Ruth and claim third all time. Man, don't you just hope he gets that bug in him to come back next year? The Brady bug would be awesome to see. Frankie Montaz's struggles continue over in New York with the Yanks, trying to come up with some other correlation in comparing him to Sonny Gray. Besides the fact that they both came from Oakland, you know, I was just talking about it a couple weeks ago, people being dramatic, saying, here it is, another Sonny, guy can't pitch in New York. Sometimes guys just can't play in New York, sure. It may just be transitioning from Oakland to New York. Look at the divisions. Pitching in Oakland, you get the Angels and the Rangers in your division both of whom are worse than all four teams that you're competing against in the AL East, in the Blue Jays, Rays, Orioles, and Sox. That's a big difference. I do think Frankie will perform better than he has since joining the Yankees. I mean, he's faced some tough competition, as we just mentioned, but he's a good pitcher. Big strikeout guy, good ratios, maybe shaving off the beard messed him up. You never know. But man, the Yankees have just been atrocious. I'll get into that a little bit later, but I just saw another good one. A lot of their big hitters, Judge, DJ, Torres, Benny, guys are batting all under 200 for the past week or two. See if they can get it back together. But on some more exciting stuff, Dustin May debuts. Been talking about this guy for weeks, league winner. Didn't expect much less in his first game, but he blanks Miami in five innings with just one hit, two walks, nine Ks, and the W. Still around just 60% owned. Get him if he's still there. My goodness. Johnny Cueto since July 9th 
His last eight starts, averaging 7.1 innings per start, man. Wow. Badass. Still around just 50% owned with his 2.58 ERA, 116 whip, and 15 quality starts on the year. Quality starts, another one I was just having a conversation about. They are giving these things out like candy on Halloween. What, all you got to do is six innings and three earned runs? That's a 4-5 ERA. That's not good. Why? What are you, what are you getting a, a, an accolade for a 4-5 ERA? Make the guy go seven. Or make him let up just two runs in six innings. Anyway, shout out to Julio Arias. Over his past five starts, he's 5-0 and with a .87 ERA and a .84 whip. That's the best ERA over the past month. Second to him, Zach Gallen, over his past five starts, is 4-0 with a 1-1-4 ERA and a .78 whip. Excellent stuff from these guys. Happy to see it. Julio was struggling quite a bit earlier in the year. Meanwhile, year-to-date, Justin Verlander remains the only qualified man left standing with under a 2 ERA at 1.95, and he maintains one of the best whips in the game at .88. Filthy. Would love to see him bringing a Cy Young. 38 years old, my God. Another oldie and goldie year to date. Our qualified OPS leader at 1,058 is also our batting average leader at 340. Ridiculous. Man carries on with his MVP season like a champ. Cardinals, they are a winning organization. I'll never forget my good friend used to see me get excited about the Padres in years past with their pitching staff acquiring Snell, Clev, Musgrove. They had Tatis with the big contract, Machado. And my guy says the Padres are a losing organization. They always have been and they always will be. Now I'm seeing them bring in Soto, Hater. It's like they're building a fantasy all-star team. Soto's not doing much. Hater's sucking. I'm not even phased by it. We'll see if these guys even make it out of the wild card. <laughs> I got you on the streams of the week for week 19. Come on now, let's get it. Finish strong. Keep riding with me and we are gonna take it all the way, baby. Monday, August 22nd. I'm looking at Daniel Lynch of KC at home versus the White Sox. About 5% owned. So listen, I stay weary of chasing the excitement of the Thursday night action in fantasy football. And baseball's Monday afternoon game is certainly the equivalent. Gotta love a little action, kick off the week. But uh, for you fantasy managers sitting just outside the playoff bubble, it is crunch time. A man owned this low, performing as well as he has lately, makes Lynch a solid pitching streamer to get you ahead early this week. I know he's been kind of shitty all year. But as I told my good friend who said he was a little scared to take risks down 5-1 in the first set of our latest tennis duel, now is the time to. Lynch's season-long numbers, not pretty, both standard and advanced. But over his past four starts, he's gone six innings twice and at least five in the other two. He's posted a 282 ERA and a 112 whip with 18 Ks across the 22.1 innings. White Sox are a little banged up. And that makes Lynch the guy for Monday. On another note, he's not a pitching streamer in my book. I mean, I think the guy is very under-owned at 55% Yahoo and 35% ESPN. I will take him over a handful of guys in the 60 to 80% range. 
My man Edward Cabrera is doing it all across a limited sample size this year. He got to play a little bit early. He got hurt. He's back. Big strikeout stuff. 28.8K percentage, 14th in the league. He's limiting hard contact too, 14.4%. That's first in the league. Generating ground balls at a rate of 58%. That's fifth in the league. And this is all translated to an excellent 178 ERA and 267 XERA with a 105 whip. Easy game against Oakland on Monday. If he's still there, I'd get him right away. Tuesday, Maximo Castillo. Who the heck is that? KC, at home versus Arizona, just 1% owned. Speaking of small samples, Maximo is performing very well through his 25.2 innings in 2022. Man sporting a 294 ERA, .94 whip, with a league 14th best 54.9 ground ball percentage. Pretty average strikeout stuff, 23K percentage, 29 CSW percentage. Most of his action came in relief this year, too. But his .197 BABIP against, that'd be among the best in the league for starting pitchers right now. KC looking at a very winnable game versus the Diamondbacks this week. And I like Castillo walking away with some good ratios and a W in it. Last week, he went five innings with just one earned run, three hits, one walk, and three punchouts. Wednesday, August 24th, looking at George Kirby of Seattle at home versus Washington. 45% owned. This one's for the shallower leagues, and because I really can't recommend anybody lesser owned for Wednesday. But Kirby's been excellent in his debut season. One of the top pitching prospects heading into this year, and he's only thrown 90.2 innings so far. Proving to have plenty left in the tank as we approach the fantasy playoffs. His 93 to 13 K per walk ratio is excellent, and the 3.4 walk percentage is one of the best in the game. One more time for the people in the back. 13 walks in 90.2 innings. Over his past four starts, he's struck out batters at a rate of 11.4 per nine. And on the year, he's sporting a 3.47 ERA, 3.38 X ERA, 3.39 FIP, and 3.22 X FIP with a 1.19 whip. This is a model for consistency with signs of further improvement until fatigue may hit. Thursday, 8.25. Looking at James Capriellian of Oakland at home versus the Yankees. Man's just around 10% owned. Definitely slim pickings for pitching streamers on Thursday, as it often is. Not looking to touch Archer versus Houston, Hudson versus Chicago, Lyles versus the White Sox. And in the first half, I wouldn't have touched Capriellian versus the Yankees either. But based on the Yankees' recent play, Cap's the guy. Yankees, past 30 days. 21st in runs, 20th in hits, 20th in RBIs, 9th in strikeouts. Well, think of that more like 21st in strikeouts. 24th in batting average, 23rd in OBP. Opponents of all the other streamers, superior to the Yankees in almost every major statistical category. Furthermore, Caprielian has continued to play very well since I mentioned him a couple weeks ago. He's now posted 11 straight outings qualifying for the win. Three of them as quality starts, and over that stretch, he's given up no more than three runs in a game, while eight out of 11, he let up two or less. That's translated to a 2.88 ERA, by the way. This guy doesn't excel in any one area, really, but he's average. He's got the ability to strike guys out, limit hard contact, and serving him well. Ride the hot hand. Friday, 
Tyler Alexander of Detroit pitching at Texas, around just 3% owned. Since returning to the starter role on July 28th, Alexander's sporting a solid 4 ERA and 1-2-2 whip. Pretty spot on with his season-long and career numbers. Another guy who's not really excelling in any one area, but he's very average and has been doing well. He is doing a great job of limiting the free passes to a league 38th best 5.6 walk percentage, and this has earned him a 4-1-3 XERA to back up the performance. Definitely a winnable game for Detroit, as Texas has virtually given up on the year, and he's got two quality starts since returning to the starting role, qualifying for the win in four straight while pitching seven in one of them. Saturday, August 27th, looking at Josiah Gray of Washington at home versus Cincy. Around 35% owned. Another one for the shallower leagues. Man's been something of a strikeout machine. 26.3K percentage, 29.4 CSW percentage, 12.9 swinging strike percentage, and 10.2Ks per nine on the year. One of the best strikeout streamers in fantasy baseball. But his game goes beyond that. He's limiting hard contact to a league 35th best 23.2%. And listen, I'm a big fan of this guy. I spoke about him earlier in the year, if you've been rocking with me since then. He was a big part of the deal that sent Scherzer to the Dodgers. I don't believe he's reached his peak yet, and he's certainly got more strong outings in him for fantasy managers in 2022. Pitching at home versus Cincy presents a great matchup for him to dominate. High Ks earn the win and help get that 4.67 ERA a little bit closer to his 4.26 X ERA. For deeper leagues, Kohei Arihara of Texas is hardly owned and lined up for an easy one against Detroit. He just blanked Minnesota on Sunday for six innings with just four hits, no walks in his second big league game. Worth a look. As I mentioned, Texas has given up and they're taking a look at their younger guys. Arihara is one of them. And Sunday. Looking at Nick Lodolo of Cincy pitching at Washington. Back to this game. On the subject of strikeout machine pitching streamers, here's another one for you. Much like Cincy is a wonderful matchup for pitching streamers, Washington is also. Especially when Corbin is pitching on the mound for the other side. That is a matchup we attack. Among actively starting pitchers in the league for the K per 9 category, follow me on this one. DeGrom, 14.3, Strider, 13.5, Heaney, 13.1, Otani, 12.7, Cease and Snell tied for 12.0, and Lodolo, 11.9. He's sporting a 28.7K percentage, 30.9 CSW percentage, both elite and better than the aforementioned Josiah Gray, who is much higher owned, 35% to Lodolo's 15 Lodolo is limiting hard contact to a league 11th best 21% also. Guy's only pitched 54.2 innings in the bigs this year. And his 4.12 ERA and 4.14 FIP compared to his 3.71 XERA and 3.57 XFIP show two things. He's not been getting lucky, and there is further improvement ahead of rest of season. Walks are definitely a problem, which has helped him earn his 1.57 whip, but if he can get control over them, this man is going to be a problem and a serious addition to your lineups moving forwards. Highly recommend it. Next up, I got you on a little pumper dog. 
Got a short one for you today. Not a lot of breakouts since last week. But recently mentioned pumps, Vaughn Grissom, George Mateo, Jorge Mateo perhaps, Jose Miranda, Vinny P, Luis Rangifo, Bryson Stott. I already spoke about Pujols, Dustin May, and Johnny Cueto, and Edward Cabrera. These guys are all readily available in helping teams win games. So here's a few more for you. First up, Christian Arroyo. Second base, third base, shortstop, outfield eligible for Boston. Around just 10% owned. You know we love the position eligibility over here. Past two weeks, he's batting 385, 407, 519 with seven runs, nine RBIs, and a biscuit. Solid contributions. Get him for free. Next up, Lars Newtbar. Outfield for St. Louis. The winning organization. 5% owned. Past two weeks, this guy's slashing... 300, 463, 575, with 12 runs, 7 RBIs, a homer, and 2 steals. Young player, and you know steals are tough to find this late in the year. If you need them, check out Newt Bar. On the topic of steals, how about Jake McCarthy, outfielder for Arizona, another young player, 7% owned. Man's got 4 steals over the past 2 weeks, and he's slashing 298, 365, 426 across the stretch, with six runs, nine RBIs, and a homer. Not a big power guy, but he'll help you with average OBP and steals while getting steady playing time in that Arizona lineup. And lastly, Andrew McCutcheon. Gotta give a shout-out to the veteran outfielder of Milwaukee. He's around 50% owned. And here's another one for the shallower leagues. Not great with average and OBP, but this guy is still hitting the crap out of the ball. 14 homers on the year. Three came in the past week. He's got eight steals to go with it, and that's some solid stuff for a fantasy utility player. Absolutely worth a look. That's all for week 19, folks. One last thing I want to leave you with. Don't be that guy who says, oh, I would have beaten you if blah, 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 blah. There are a hundred what-ifs every week of the fantasy season, and for every one you had, so did your opponent. Take the L like a champ and move forwards. Catch you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you. Hit me up anytime with questions. I got you. Trade talk, free agents, whatever. At Morning D Fantasy. Good luck in week 19. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dump.